Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. annual Wrestlemania pre-show. You're in for a real treat tonight as we have Doug, Roger, Aaron, and Andrew to go over Wrestlemania 38. So let's just get in some of the matches and uh, let's, you want to first talk, let's talk about KO. KO and uh, Austin are going to be doing a little segment that's going to start off the show. So um, what what are your expectations on this, Doug? I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I think you got two entertaining people coming in. It's going to be a very entertaining aspect. And whether or not it turns into an actual match or something uh, is yet to be seen. Um, so a little intrigue into how they're going to handle this. But again, uh, like I said, it's two two very entertaining wrestlers um, <laughs> that are putting on a good promo so far. I don't think you can go wrong with Stone Cold in Texas. We know Kevin Owens is a great promo. I think it'll be one of the highlights of WrestleMania weekend. So good idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I also I do agree. I think it's going to be something interesting that they're going to do, and uh, I, I just feel that um, it's not going to turn into a match. I, I assume that it might do something like what, what they do with Rock and uh, uh, Eric Redmayer. Eric yeah, yeah, and I assume that's going to be something like that. I I just hope that uh, I just hope they don't do a match. Um, I think it's I think I think maybe ten years ago it'll work, but now we should probably kind of cut it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everybody. And I think if they have a war of words, I think it can be a really great way to I, I think they said they were going to close the show. But I mean, you could have it open. There's a lot of stuff you could do in order to really get the crowd hot for this. And I, I think it'll be great. You know, I hope that Stone Cold look, he's he's much older. He last time that he gave stunner to Xavier Woods when they were there, he had to get checked out for it. And I mean, he's six years older now. So like, what do you expect to have happen? Uh, I, I anticipate a stunner, a beer bath to have the fans go home happy. That's that's what I'm expecting for this. If there's a match, Stone Cold wins. But now, now what are you expecting for the whole thing with Becky, Becky Lynch taking on Bianca Belair? Do you think that, you know, is, is this going to end? The, is that going to end the night instead? You think I, I think I read do. it was going to start it. It was going to start the show. Uh, from what I had read. But, you know, of course, look, we're a few days before WrestleMania. The card is going to move around a bunch. I look, Bianca Belair has to win this. Like what they did to her at, at Survivor or SummerSlam last year was uh, an atrocity. I think it was absolutely terrible for her to, you know, have Becky Lynch come out and not have even like a cockiness about it. Be like, oh, whatever. Like you've been on maternity leave for a year. Come back and, and face me. Like I'm the EST of WWE and have her lose. And then it's like, you know what? I was cocky last time we faced each other. I'm ready now. Like, I'm going to take you on. I'm laser focused. You didn't, like, just jump me. Like, I, I think that would have been a way better story to tell, and that's not what they they did here. I, I think if Bianca does not win, I think that you really buried her and her win at, at uh, Royal Rumble the previous year. I'm a little conflicted in the aspect of who do you have win in this match, just in the aspect that you have, like, everything. I agree with what Aaron said in uh, Bianca Belair's career, but she's already had her WrestleMania moment, technically. And not that Becky needs this uh, to cement her career or anything, but I mean, it, you, you kind of want to look for the long-term aspect of what are you going to do next year? And I think we all have that prediction of what they're going to be doing next year. It's going to be uh, 
Becky versus uh, Rhonda. So do you start setting it up here uh, or do you start, you know, with a, a fresh start and whether or not both of them have titles now and go till next WrestleMania or do neither of them have titles or one or the other. So it's an interesting dynamic. It'll be, I can't wait to see how they screw it up, but uh, I think overall, I do agree. I think you have to have Bianca win this match uh, because Becky, again, she's already got something set up for next year. She doesn't need the win. If Bianca loses this, you've permanently established her as below the level of the horsewomen. Um, I think Aaron hit it and nail on the head. At SummerSlam, you jobbed her out, quite frankly. That was someone who we thought was being built as a future star. She won the Rumble. She won the Mania main event. She took down Sasha in a great match. She had a you know underwhelming title reign, but that's pretty much how all title reigns happen in WWE. We're kind of used to it by now. But to lose in 30 seconds to a returning Becky, not like after a match. This wasn't a cash-in. This was basically Becky came back after being gone for, a, what, a year, year and a half? and just punched her in the face, put her down with the finisher, and 30 seconds later, she's the new champ, and we're like, okay. So she got, uh, what was it? What Ultimate Warrior did to Honky Tonk Man. But it's mm-hmm. Honky Tonk Man. Who cared? She, he wasn't the future. Bianca Bella is supposed to be the future. If she can't win this match, you're second tier pretty much probably for the rest of your career. Um, I like Doug's point about thinking to the future, but <laughs> that requires long-term booking, and we all know <laughs> that that match will be thrown together in December when they figure out that they want to go Ronda versus Becky, and it'll probably be title for title, winner take all, part three or whatever. So I'm going to pick Bianca here because she should win, which probably means Becky's going to win, but it just feels really stupid to pick the wrong choice, so I'm just going to go with Bianca and take my L when it happens and be disgusted, as always. And let's just go ahead and sweep it. Um I am picking just because I feel that's the right thing to do. Plus, let's just put it this way. Bianca's younger by three years. Easy. So why not put it on her and expand it? You know, like they should. But also, she deserves it. Um, you know, let, let's talk about the other women's match. We got Ro- uh, Ronda Rossi taking on Charlotte Flair. Um, I'm just going to just say it's going to be uh, Ronda all the way. I don't think twice about it. So, uh, Roger, what do you think is going to happen in this match? Other than the crowd probably falling asleep, this match probably needs to be a hardcore match. Like the last time I saw Randa, she didn't look all that great. Charlotte can pull out some really good matches. Like despite her character and her backstage issues, she can go in the ring. But I don't know that Charlotte versus Ronda is really all that exciting to me. Like this should right now be Becky versus Ronda. That was the matchup that people were interested in. This, you know, if they don't add a stipulation to this, I think we're going to watch this and go like, eh, it'll it'll be fine. It won't be terrible, but I don't think this match is is great. I'm definitely picking Ronda all the way. You didn't have her come back to win the Rumble to put over Charlotte Flair, so Charlotte will probably win. But again, Ronda seems like the right choice. I'm sure she's going to be a part-time Brock Lesnar champion. She's going to wrestle at the big, you know, events. She'll wrestle five times a year, probably face Becky at the next WrestleMania, you know, yada, yada, yada. I don't have high expectations for this match. Um, I would be shocked if this is above two and a half stars just because I don't, I don't something about this just doesn't feel right. Like this doesn't feel like the type of match that the crowd is super into. I don't think there was a good feud behind this. You know, when you look at go two years back, this was Becky versus Rhonda and Charlotte got shoehorned in. Well, now you took Becky out and you put in the one person that we kind of really didn't care about. And now you've got a feud that I don't really care about. I, I totally agree. I'm going to go Rhonda, but there's that Charlotte Flair element. And I don't want to say she's, you know, obviously she lost technically in the three-way, but I don't know if she's undefeated at WrestleMania. So, Doug, I know in the previous year when she took on Asuka, everyone else was like, no way, Asuka's got to win this. But you took Charlotte Flair. Are you going Charlotte? Um, 
I was about to do that. So you're all on the Ronda bandwagon. Well, so am I. I'm taking Ronda. I mean, it, it, all all points uh, point to Ronda uh, winning the title. I think that she'll hold on to it for a full year, and then it'll be her versus Becky. I think you WWE messed up that this year should have been Ronda versus Becky. Um, but you know what? They think they know what they're doing. I'm going to be honest. Did we just have our put the house on Roman Reigns moment because there's no chance he loses at WrestleMania 34 to Brock? Because it does feel like we're repeating this mistake. I'm not changing my pick. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked in a month. We're like, how did we not pick Charlotte Flair? We knew Charlotte Flair was going to win. She always wins. It's uh, I, I, I would not bet the house on this one just because it is Charlotte Flair and that aspect of it. But it's every. Like I said, all the all the signs point to it should be them. I could see them totally doing the opposite just because all the points uh, show that Ronda should win it here. They very well could have Charlotte win it and then push it for three more months, probably five um, w- with her missing some shows. Uh, so, yep. But I still think Ronda wins this one. Uh, so you asked, has she lost at WrestleMania? She technically has when Becky. No, that's what I was saying, yeah, I was saying like technically, you know, she has, except for like she, she I don't believe, has been pinned though. Yeah, she know. did not take the pinfall in that match, so she's yeah. never been submitted or pinned, is how they would say it. I mean, she has. Well, they tapped. also said that she's never been oh, submitted. No, that's not true. Bailey beat her at WrestleMania 33 in the Fatal Four Way. Oh, did she? When Bailey retained the title, she took down Nia. She took down. Charlotte and she took on Sasha. So Charlotte has lost at WrestleMania before. Yeah, but who's remembering that? Not WWE. Well, remember, she's never tapped, but then you can watch yeah, Botchamania and you'll see the 10 times she has tapped <laughs> for it. Yeah, I think Duck has a good point. I don't know that Charlotte's ever tapped. Did Sasha tap her once, maybe? Maybe actually <laughs> yes. Sasha tapped her. No, yep. She's Duck, actually Duck. tapped a number of times. I think three times. I think Sasha's tapped her three times. Because I watched, I watched something. It, it was all on Raws, but it wasn't at WrestleMania. That's true. That's true. You, you, you just don't get to hear the second part where they have the technicality. Asuka's made her tap. She has? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Armbar. When was that? I'm not exactly sure where it was. I think it was, she I don't remember if it was Botchamania. It was, yeah, they, I think it was Botchamania went over that she's never tapped. And then they went through each time they she's tapped. They went through every single time she's tapped, yeah. I didn't even know Oscar ever beat her. Well, okay, moving on. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then Andy, another another thing that may or may not happen, we're not entirely sure, is Cody Rhodes showing up. One, do you think he's going to show up? And two, do you think he's going to wrestle? I, I think that if if he does show up, it would have to be the biggest swerve. Um, and I think uh, someone mentioned earlier what it could be, and that's probably what. I mean, if they if that was the, that would be the right thing to do. But I think Cody's also a smart businessman because he knows how WWE is and he knows how AEW is. But he's going back to WWE for a reason. I don't think it's just because he wants to, quote unquote, leave a territory. I think he's actually going back because he wants something. But he also, I bet he was smart about his contract. So he may say, well, I'm going to get at least this, this and this. And any, and I bet I don't think he would get away with this, but I bet he would say something like any big show like he could. He has the final say whether he goes over or not. So I don't know if that's going to be it, but I really would like to see him come back. But I have a feeling that WWE is dumb, so they're going to put it on Raw the, the night afterwards. So, but, but yes, uh, but, but to get to the point, um, 
my heart says he's going to be there, so I'm going to go with that instead. Um, I think that they're going to keep him for Raw. Uh, I think it'd be great, though, if he did come out during uh, one of the nights and, you know, call out Triple H for retiring from the in-ring action just right when he gets back, you know, and that he's the reason that Triple H retired and then maybe set up a program where Triple H does come back and just pin him one, two, three with the poke of doom. I think there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors kind of around Cody and when he's going to debut. I don't know. I, I think believing that he's got that kind of creative control, don't get your hopes dashed. Like probably his booking is going to be a nightmare. Like truth be told, I just don't see how this works out well for him in the end. So I think he shows up on raw. I wouldn't be surprised if he loses to veer on night one. Um, you know, I, He's a son of a plumber, and he may be. Don't be surprised if he comes out in polka dots. It actually, be he's some hard times for Cody. Let's say that grandson of a plumber. Plumber, actually, I mean, son uh, of a son of a plumber. Yeah, I. Uh, I think he is going to be there. I think that they are going to do a program with him and Seth Rollins. I think that's going to be night two. I think night one he's going to show up. I think Seth Rollins. They might essentially make it a raw, like the WrestleMania will be a raw where Seth Rollins comes out and asks for a match. And then that's when Cody shows up. Like, that's why I think that that might do, which is stupid. Like, in my opinion, I think that's absolutely dumb. I think it's a terrible way to introduce Cody. I think that him and Cody will have a match night two. And I actually think Seth Rollins would win that if they have it. I think that Rollins would win that match as a way to be like, ah, you left. You know, it's kind of a like, yeah, you know what? You lost. Like, and then allow him a trajectory towards the title. Because, you know, I agree with you, Andy. I think that he signed a contract and he probably... There's something in there probably to be like, look, I would like how they run with the, the world title. You know, people will have that in contracts where they want to have that. that. That's important to them. I don't think he has any sort of creative control. I think he could have a run with the title that could be a day long, you know, and then somebody cash in money in the bank contract and but that's it. But I, <laughs> if you're asking me, I would say Cody's going to be there. I would guess night two. We also have Street Profits, RK Bro and Alpha Academy. And I, this one's actually I, I felt they've done a pretty decent job of building this one, like more than some of their other matches. Doug, I, I don't know how much of that you've seen or how much you're, you know, uh, vested in this. But do you think RK Bro is currently the champions? Do you think that Street Profits or Alpha Academy might take the titles? Um, I don't think Alpha Academy will take the titles if um, so. It narrows it down to Street Profits versus RK Bro. Uh, I think you stick with RK Bro winning this one. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Street Profits uh, managed to uh, sneak in and take it. This match is kind of WWE's philosophy on tag teams in a nutshell. They kind of just throw at a wall and see if it sticks. Sometimes it does with RK Bro, and sometimes you get Chad Gable and Otis, two guys who've been in tag teams with other people who got broken up for no apparent reason and then re-put in a tag team. And I'm Alpha Academy actually seems like a fun idea, but like, why? Why? They were already in established tag teams. I, I, I'm going with RK Bro. I wouldn't be surprised if Street Profits won as well, just like Doug said. Um, but this feels hastily thrown together. And that's why I'm going to go with the Street Profits, because I really want them to win. But uh, it's probably going to be in RK Bro. But I still want to go with uh, Street Profits. They're, one of my, they're still one of my favorite tag teams, and I just see nothing but... The- Does anyone think this is the night Orton turns on Riddle? Yes. Could be. I, I, I could see like a frustration turn sort of thing, not necessarily maybe even a full turn, but kind of a like, 
he turns on, or maybe even like if Riddle turn on Orton, you know, like actually like flip the script a little bit. That could be interesting. Would Riddle uh, hit RKO on Orton? That'd be funny. Like, I, legitimately, I, I would pop for that. I'd be like, oh, uh, Andy, I'm actually going with you. I'm, I'm with the Street Profits. I think that they've been building them up. I think that this is an opportunity to take it off RK Bro, go to a program with Riddle and, and Orton, and then you have, you know, the next couple of months, you have a program there. So I'm, I'm going to go Street Profits. So uh, could you see the opposite also happening? Let's say RKO or RK Bro wins. Do you see the Street Profits pr- uh, break up because WWE doesn't believe in friendship? Unfortunately, yes. And like I said, with Gable and Otis, I could 100% see they decided Montez Ford is now going to be the superstar and they're going to banish Angelo Dawkins to the shadow realm. And then in six months, Montez Ford is probably tagging with the Alpha Academy. Oh, that would be sad. <laughs> um, so, the, you know, I want we need to discuss AJ Styles versus Edge, but I, I'm trying to figure out, are they going to do anything, any stipulations at some point on this match? I just think that this needs something else. I don't think it's like a blood feud because it just seemed like Seth was in there. Like, I don't know. Um, but in this case, uh, I think we're going to have to have uh, Styles go over. But I'm just curious, Doug, what are your thoughts on it? I think this would be uh, possibly match of the weekend, possibly uh, one of the top contenders for it. Uh, I think it'll be a great match because AJ can pull anybody to a five star match. Um, but he doesn't have to even really try that hard with Edge in there. But Edge is also aging and everything like that. Um, but I also think that this is going to be the time that you need to have AJ win in WrestleMania. Let's look at his other previous matches uh, that he's had at WrestleMania. I think is even his debut. He lost to Y2J. He's lost to The Undertaker. He's... He just seems to keep losing at WrestleMania. The guy needs a WrestleMania moment. Have him beat Edge. There you go. You have a moment at WrestleMania. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think AJ Styles is going to win this one. You know, you had a pretty decent buildup. Edge really just beat the ever-living crap out of him, and he's going into this dark place. I think this gives AJ Styles an opportunity then to kind of move up in the card potentially go after, you know, whoever the world champion is, who we'll talk about in a second, second. So, I mean, there's an opportunity there, or maybe he wrestles for the new world title. If the world title is not on raw. So like, there's some opportunities you have here, which is why I would pick AJ styles. I feel like AJ styles makes a lot of sense. He hasn't really had that big WrestleMania moment. His only wins are Shane McMahon, I believe, and Randy Orton. So it kind of makes me lean edge. (laughs) Um, I, I like, the match, I think it's fine to match those two up. That would be a dream match, I think, if we were talking about this 10 years ago. My only question with this is, what are they feuding about? It, it, the story behind it just seemed like Edge decided he wanted an opponent, and then he snapped on AJ. And I don't particularly know why. Like, Not that I think Y2AJ was all that great. It just, you know, they were a tag team, then they broke up. Okay, whatever, they had beef. I still don't know why Edge just went berserk on AJ Styles. Having said that, I think it'll be a good match. I'm going to go AJ Styles, but I'm like 51-49. I could see either one of these people winning. This is the match I'm looking forward to the most. I agree with Andy that I would love to see a stipulation. um, And I don't know that this is a feud ender. I think this is probably a feud starter. That's why I think you can go both ways. And let's talk about one more. I I want to let's talk about Reigns and Lesnar. So, Roger, I'm just curious. Is this the time we can bet against Roman? 
So here's what I'm going to say about this. Everything about this feud has been built up to Brock Lesnar giving his revenge. Um, he got screwed by his manager. Uh, Roman is the very clear heel. Brock just run the rumble. Here's where I pause. Brock has beaten Roman uh, almost every time, except for like once. I think Roman has won that SummerSlam match. I think every other time Brock has won. Seth Rollins obviously has the win at 31. They're billing this as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. If you truly believe that Roman Reigns is the guy and he is the guy to lead your company into the future, then he needs to win. He needs to be the guy who beats Brock Lesnar and definitively establishes himself as the man. But my God, he's been champion for like two years, it feels like. So I, I don't really know where this is going. I hope this match is closer to 31 than it was at 34 because 34, quite frankly, sucked. Like, 31 was a fun, hard-hitting affair. I think Lesnar just mauled Roman. I don't know what kind of crap they were doing at 34. Obviously, Paul Heyman's going to play a role in this. I hope it's not a stupid, like, long-term double turn where he actually swerves Roman and now goes back with Brock because I don't need to see that story. I'm going to pick Roman. I don't feel good about it. Like, I'm not. I feel stupid picking against Brock Lesnar yet again because, you know, it's Brock Lesnar and he always has a chance to win and he's the face going into this. But I just think, you know, look, we know Brock's num years are more limited than Roman's. Brock has already been established as the in-game boss. Roman has been very well established, too, but he needs to beat Brock at some point. This is like you can't keep having Austin beat Rock. Rock has to win one sooner or later. Well, if Brock beats Roman again, Brock just establishes that he is always going to be better than Roman. And now he's just kind of closed the door on their matchup. So I think this has to be Roman. And don't be surprised if we see them fight at WrestleMania yet again for, like, the rubber match. So <laughs> I, I'm going to pick Reigns as well. And it's again, like, I don't feel good when they wrestled. It was a 34. I think it was right. Like where they had the rematch, uh, whichever their rematch was 34. I, I we, we were all set. It's like, no, there's no way like Reigns is going to win. Like he is going to win. And then like he lost and we were all just like in shock. It was just like, I can't believe that that happened. And Roger brought up a great point, which was rock and Austin. Austin took the first two rock took the, the last one, you know, he ended stone cold's career essentially. And I think that it's going to be something similar here. I think you have reigns win. Lesnar goes off into the sunset, you know, he's not going to do MMA or anything. Like he said, like, he's kind of like, he's done with that, right? He's in his forties now. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a young man's game and maybe he, he does for some special events, but I think he's going to wrestle. He'll do one-off appearances. He'll get paid $500,000 to a million dollars every appearance, which is great for him. Like, you know, and he's an attraction. So like good on him for being able to do that. I fully anticipate reigns to win 60, 40, probably split. But, uh, you know, I, I would put money down though. I think there are usually two consistencies in WWE Brock Lesnar wins and Roman reigns wins. So in this match, what we are going to get is all losses i believe i think that this has been i i think they've even written themselves into a corner with this being title versus title uh and everything else they don't know what to do uh i wouldn't be surprised i'm going to throw in the other aspect of uh some some other swerve happening um that that nobody wins. I mean, because you also have that option with WWE. I mean, because you can have a disqualification win in Hell in a Cell. So why can't you have absolutely no winner in this match, double count out or something like that? I, I think that's a, a logical uh, guess at this point. So I am 
40% Roman Reigns, uh, 35% Brock Lesnar, and then the rest is probably going to be some kind of swerve where nobody wins. Um, Doug, to follow up on your question, on your statement, because I don't think you're wrong. I can't off the top of my head think of any other time in which WrestleMania ended with a no, the non-finish. Right. What do, you, what do you think the backlash would be if they end this in a double count out, um, disqualification, match, you know, some sort of thing where it's just like, this is the main event of the biggest show of the year on night two, and we're going to end this with some sort of screwy non-finish like that. Boy, you're going to get a bad, bad reaction from everyone. But I, I just could see that it, it'd be even something else. Like, I mean, they, they, they got saved by Rollins having money in the bank uh, that year. Uh, they don't have that option this year. They need something. They, ha- they'd have to have something to save this match or, or something along those lines. And you know what? Maybe they do have a winner, and then the next night, uh, whoever the winner is. Um, they announce it's a new title for this one. And now it's going to be, you know, like the, uh, the USA title and the Fox title. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They, they need that. Yeah. And Andy, I'm, you... g- I'm going to end it on uh, this note. Uh, I actually think it's going to go two nights. I think that something's going to happen the first night and it could be something as dumb. As, and what I really think is going to happen, you know, I'm not going to, how would I, I'll, 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 if they're going to bring Cody in and they want him in the main event, have them destroy the main event day one, and then they are forced to redo it. That's it. It's the AEW invasion. It it stops the match from happening, and then you can go into Raw with big expectations of what's going to happen next. Eddie, who are you actually picking, though? Reigns? Yes. Lesnar. Or Lesnar. He's picking Cody. All right. Well. Is there anyone with a rematch that we may have, like, forgotten about? Like, maybe they just have a way to book themselves out of this corner? Bray Wyatt, I, you know, like, like you know, is there someone that they could just because that's what his career did time. end at WrestleMania. It could come back, and yeah. like honestly, if if you could add a, if Seth Rollins could find a way to insert himself into this match, my expectations for this would go from not caring to oh, oh, I'm really interested. So yeah, if Seth and Cody are booked for a program, so be it. But boy, if you found a way, you know, if Seth has a favor from Vince McMahon or one of the GMs, and he's like, hey, I'm entering in the match. I think you'd have a real, real level of excitement that you haven't had for a WrestleMania main event. Well, last year actually did have some excitement, but you know, this match was always better as a triple threat with Rollins. And we've said this before Mm -hmm. you add Seth, this match goes from meh to, okay, let's go. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So let's thank our sponsor HostGator. Are you a blogger or podcaster? Are you just not happy with, with your web hosting You can check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click screen installs with a free side and hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to easiest. And if you use special coupon code WrestleMania, you'll save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what do you got to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite every web hosting costs. And make sure you ch- check out our website and go click on the banner at the top to say big on items from WShop.com if the link is working. So what are other thoughts so far about uh, this year's WrestleMania? Um, Aaron, I'm curious, uh, is there anything that you're expecting um, that's going to come out? Do you think, because I think that there's storylines, great storylines that could be written multiple ways that I think we've all come up with, but do you think that WWE will actually deliver? No, I don't. I, I will say I don't like as much celebrity involvement as there is this year. I know that celebrity involvement happens. And so like when you talk about Logan Paul being there, it's like, all right, you know what? Yes, it's going to get eyeballs on there. So I understand having that match. But you have Johnny Knoxville. You have Pat McAfee. 
And it's like, do you really need that? And then you have Ronda Rousey on top of it, who like, yeah, she's kind of a wrestler. You know, she's obviously more known for her MMA stuff. And I know she wrestled for a year and then obviously, you know, she was gone for a little while. But like, you know, you have a lot of people who are, you know, not part of the wrestling scene, you know, and even like you think about like Edge, at least like he was a wrestler and like was like semi part time for a little while. But, you know, he's also like he's back. Uh, you have Lesnar there as well and a number of other people. And I listened to our show last year just to kind of see like what people were thinking about, you know, their expectations. And, you know, it was across the board. We talked gushingly about TakeOver uh, because it was still a thing at that point in time. And now we have Stand and Deliver, which we didn't talk about for a reason. And, you know, we had very low expectations going in for uh, this year, for last year's WrestleMania. All of us did. And I think it's it's the same. You know, this is a show where we talked about how it was getting too long, so they decided to put in two nights, which we were and fan we were fans of. But you really don't need this many matches. You really need to make it one four hour show and have it be matches that make the most sense. And there's just so many. When you look at the 11, 12 matches they've announced so far, there are so many that shouldn't be there or don't need to be there, or ones that you can save for a later time. So, like for me, I would say like I probably have a two expectation going in. Uh, you know, I, I think unless you have some big returns happen, you have some surprises there, uh, that'll boost my excitement a little bit. But as it stands right now, my excitement for this year's WrestleMania is a two out of 10. I don't know. Maybe I should go like Dave Meltzer and uh, break the bank and go like a 12 out of 10, you know, with a high expectation. No, I have no expectation for this one. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what they like not necessarily for the match of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I'm more interested in what is going to be the result of that one. Uh, I will say I am excited about AJ Styles versus Edge and to see what happens between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. But that's about it. And honestly, none of this, maybe except for those segments, that's the only thing that feels WrestleMania about this one. So... I just have a hard time going anything over. Uh, I'll I'll say it's just a one. I have absolutely no expectation for this one. Well, I'll say this: um, Aaron has a two, and I have a Doug. Or Doug has a one, and <laughs> I somehow have a lower expectation because I am at a zero. I honestly don't consider this to be a WrestleMania-worthy card in the slightest. Brock versus Roman has been done to death. I'm not interested in the same story over and, you know, Austin versus rock were special because you basically only saw it three times when they were main eventers, 17, 15, 19. That's it. Yeah. They crossed paths in five man tag matches and six man tag matches and six man matches, but it was exclusive to WrestleMania. So it was a big deal every time they did it. I've seen versus Brock Roman to death. I don't care if Brock's the face now and Roman's the heel. We know the dynamic. We know how the match is going to go. We've seen the same story. Bianca versus Becky, I wish I were more hyped. I wish that this had gotten the proper attention and feel that it deserved as opposed to Bianca starting by getting punked in 30 seconds. It didn't, and I just don't have that level of excitement. She didn't win the Rumble till I get her revenge. This isn't, hey, I got screwed. Now I went, came back, won the Rumble, and now I'm coming after you, Becky. This is, oh, I couldn't win the Rumble. I won a chamber match. Becky didn't really have an opponent, so cool. I guess I get this. So, man, Ronda versus Charlotte. Nope. No, it's not the feud I wanted to see. Ronda versus Becky, I'd be into. Ronda versus Charlotte, not what I'm interested in. AJ versus Edge, look, I'm excited. That's a great match, but one match does not make a show. And right now, 
I'm just to the point where like, I don't even know. I think I'm like Doug in that I want to see the results, but I don't really care about the matches. I may not even watch WrestleMania and I may just read up on what happens because it feels as, is non interesting to me as raw is not interesting in SmackDown. This card feels like fatal four way or extreme rules or one of those pay-per-views that you can skip. And, you know, especially after the disappointment, that was the Royal rumble, which was an absolute catastrophe. I'm glad they're making money because obviously more jobs are, are great for everyone, but I have no interest in watching this product. This is a straight zero for me. This is a fast lane to WrestleMania for you. I think this is Armageddon. Somebody needs to push the button and blow this thing Ooh. up. <laughs> Ooh. Or WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> the backlash, the backlash of WrestleMania. Exactly. No, I, They've had no mercy for my entertainment level. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like, Realistically, I actually have booked my own WrestleMania, and my WrestleMania, I gave it a seven out of ten. What I could work with, so if that tells you anything, um, and that's including Fiend. Like, I can keep going on and on. There's multiple people that I that are available that could show up uh, that I would put into the car that would make it better. But then there's so many that things that suck about it. At the end of the day, I still I, I'm still looking anything above a two. That's all I want. I want a two. At least a two. So, so two, two, one, zero. That's yeah. our excitement. We're going into mania, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like realistically, Did you hear like... what's happening in dynamite though after WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I was booking like my fantasy uh, WrestleMania, it would just be literally <laughs> four hours of people coming down and doing finishes on Roman, and then be like, "Hey, if we put him up here, can Randy Orton, if he jumped off the top of the Hell in the Cell, could Randy Orton still RKO him?" And Randy's like, yeah, give me a shot. And then Randy just walks away. <laughs> I think if you put if you put WrestleMania on Wednesday night, I would watch Dynamite over WrestleMania. And it, and it wouldn't even be close. And that's a shame. Like, a weekly TV show should not gather more interest for me than your biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. I, I guess, I, like, we've been doing this, as Andy had said at the top, you know, this is our 13th annual WrestleMania show. and That's why this one's all bad luck. Like, I mean, yeah, essentially, I mean, maybe that's what it is, but like, we've been doing it for 13 years now and to have this low of expectations, I mean, this is the bar right now, essentially, <laughs> like, and hopefully next year it's gonna be a little bit better. I'll be in LA, you know, like, and I want to go to another WrestleMania at some point, but even for this one, I was like, well, maybe I'll see what the card is. And if it's good, maybe we'll take a look, you know, like it, maybe it might be worth going, but like, to me, it's not. And with one match that I'm very interested in, and then the rest are like, oh, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen. It's like, that's that's not worth it, you know, for to go to experience that. Um, kind of moving on, though, uh, do you guys want to go ahead and jump straight into our 2022 Hall of Fame inductions? Uh, just to kind of give a little bit of background on this. Um, we've been doing this now for the last uh, three years, I believe. This is our, um, uh, our fourth uh, time we've been doing it. Uh, essentially, we nominate somebody unless somebody has an objection to it person goes into the hall of fame. Uh, we're doing an order of how we, uh, have the winners of our pickums from the previous year. So it's going to be Doug, Roger, myself, and Andy, uh, in that order will nominate folks. And then assuming no one has any issues, we'll put that person in. Obviously, if there's any sort of discussion, you want to mention why you're putting them in, feel free to do so. Uh, we are focusing primarily what they do inside the ring, part of the wrestling business, as opposed to what they've done outside the ring. We have a number of performers that are in there that realistically in the court of public opinion, you know, they're not necessarily the best people, right? And wrestlers pass sometimes can be a little dodgy at times. So we try to focus more on the, the wrestling ability. So, so with that said, with everything you said, Aaron, now is Hulk Hogan in because everything you just said, he should <laughs> be thrown out if he wants. 
Well, that's why I was saying it's mostly about their contributions to the world of professional wrestling, right? You know, because there's unfortunately there there's a lot of bad stuff. I mean, Ric Flair's in there, right? There's a lot of things that he's done outside the ring that, like, you know what? That's not necessarily that's not quite kosher, you know. Um, you know, and there's a number of other things, right? So we try to focus primarily on that. So with that said, wait, Doug, Aaron, before you go, just to clarify, it's contributions to the wrestling business, not contributions inside of the wrestling ring, correct? Uh, uh, wrestling business. So like, um, I, I think that the best way to put it is this, right? Like, uh, I, at some point in time, we may have the conversation about Chris Benoit, right? Where we'd want to focus on the wrestling, what his contributions are to the wrestling business. But at the same time, what he did outside the ring did kind of negatively influence the wrestling business uh, in certain areas, right? So the the focuses try to be primarily on what they've done inside the ring and if there was something that they did to make the wrestling bigger or something that they did uh, that was monumental for their era. Hopefully that, that I gave a good enough a, a answer for that. So <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what the thing is though, if that's the case, I would have I would want someone in right now that's not a wrestler. I mean, maybe well, we should look look at that. We have okay. someone in not a wrestler. We have Vincent. Yeah. He, he was a wrestler. He was the biggest heel of the 1990s. Biggest heel, but he wasn't a wrestler. He wrestled maybe 20 matches in his career. But he was the Attitude Era. Uh, he was Mr. McMahon. Like, like I said, the character 100% deserves to be in. If you based it on his in-ring accomplishments, obviously there'd be no question. He was not. Well, one-time WWF champion, one-time ECW champion, Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. So Alberto Del Rio has done those things. I don't think we're putting those guys in. No. No, Del Rio never held the ECW title. All right, let's be clear. Okay, fair enough. And he never wore a do-rag that I know of. I think Del Rio may have worn a do-rag once for a Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, you have the distinct honors of picking the first inductee for the year 2022. Um, so I'm going to nominate a wrestler who has been through many different companies uh, and has excelled at all aspects of his career. He has reinvented himself more times than I could imagine any other wrestler to possibly have done. He even had a year of to himself. It is Y2J Chris Jericho. I have no objections to that. He was on my list of people to nominate for sure. <laughs> I had him on my list too as well. Um, you know, I think uh, he probably would have been like next year's when I would have nominated him, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything that you've said and he, he definitely deserves to be in a Hall of Fame, uh, and in particular this one. And and yeah, I, I I will say yes, I do agree too. I I have no reason why not to. And plus, you know, Jericho. I mean, he was in WCW, got over, and then all of a sudden he never wrestled on TV. Just all house shows. He goes to WWF, and then he's one of the top superstars. So yeah. All right, Roger. Um. So mine, I went with someone who was a big part of the Attitude Era. Um, but he also was a different style. You know, he didn't have the look. He didn't look like Austin. He didn't look like rock, but he was a guy who you 100% identify with maybe two of the biggest moments in attitude era history, whether it's the night he won the title or the night he went off the cell and it's Mick Foley. He was the everyman, and not in the way that Austin was the everyman because he was beating his boss, but Mick Foley looked like one of us. He looked like a guy who he wouldn't have a six-pack. He wasn't built like Hogan. He didn't have the overwhelming charisma in the sense that like, The Rock just looked like the guy you wanted to be, but you loved him. And you loved him as Cactus Jack, hardcore icon. You loved him as Dude Love because he was the guy who wanted to be Shawn Michaels, but he clearly was not. 
And of course, you know, the night he wins the title is one of the more emotional moments. I think it's the highest rated raw and maybe ever, you know, a WCW mockingly said that I'll put seats in or butts in the seats. And it did. So Mick Foley to me is my nomination. Um, he had a great career in ECW. He had a solid career in WCW, but his run as mankind, Mick Foley, dude, love catches Jack. He is a central part of the attitude era. Absolutely. And that makes my pick easier because uh, he was, he was going to be mine. So. I had and him I, on my list. Uh, my my question was going to be in the aspect of uh, you almost can put him in three times just because I do believe Mankind had a Hall of Fame career. Uh, dude Love, maybe not so much, uh, but definitely uh, the hardcore style of Mick Foley uh, definitely deserves everything that that he did. He He probably does deserve all three Hall of Fame. Does that mean I put Rock and Sock in as well? The Rock and Sock connection? Well, they're that, in now. They are in now. Yeah. You just added our uh, our third tag team uh, that, that was around for a little while. Uh, speaking of tag teams, I know I telegraphed this one, but I think uh, you know when you talk about main event tag teams, if you talk about teams that they stayed together for, if not the entirety of their career, the vast majority of it. And so for me, and I, it's funny because I grew up on WWF, so I knew them as Legion of Doom. But a lot of people knew him as the Road Warriors. To me, they just personified everything that it meant to be a tag team. There is a term coined by them called the Road Warrior Pop. Uh, like that is just crazy to to think about. I mean, and they it was head turning, right? You see people in spiked uh, football pads, face painted, and they came out and they kicked butt every single match, and you felt it. And so, like when I think of like tag teams, there's a one A and one B for me, and that's them. Uh, they they are the one A one B when it comes to to tag teams. I'm good. Go ahead and throw them in. The Road Warriors felt cool even when wrestling wasn't cool. Like no question about it. To me, the Road Warriors are Hall of Fame worthy. Mm-hmm. And they would be they could go out even without the shoulder pads, just with the face paint, and just because of the hair and like the way that they walked, you knew that they were something. So I mean, like, and also like if I saw them and I was like back as old as I was then, I would be scared. <laughs> Because they, mm-hmm. I was afraid they they beat me up. weren't they both bouncers that became wrestlers, and they wrestled just like that. They were bouncers that were wrestlers and just came to beat everybody up, and it was wonderful. I have no problems with this one. All right, Andy, you get to round us out. Well, I uh, I, I wanted to put this guy in, but I was going to wait another year. But uh, I think it's time. I want. I really think he deserves to go in. Um, he's a he's just he was just a great person. Everyone loved him. He's the only person that um, Undertaker refused to a tombstone. He did play on the Rams at one point at, at center, believe it or not. And uh, he he tore it up in New Japan. Of course, AWA first, then WCW, WWF. So this year, I want to nominate Leon White, a.k.a. Vader, to go in OTM's Hall of Fame along with WWE's. Funny enough, uh, last year, uh, Rob Van Dam went in and Roger had nominated him. So kind of interesting. We're crossing paths with WWE for theirs. So thumbs up for me. Thumbs up for me. No problem. I love the Vader bomb. That was devastating. It kind of makes me uh, very sad just because of uh, recent events. Uh, And that's Razor Ramon. Uh, There's a guy who has battled such travesties in his own of his own making um but his redemption story and everything that he's done to come back and help out with the with the the crowd and everything like that or the the newcomers he did a lot with nxt people 
Um, you know, his his intercontinental runs were just phenomenal. Uh, he, he, there's a guy that did help out younger talent that was coming up. Uh, had a good time with it, and one of the founding members of the NWO. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that we've talked about it, but I will say this. I, alre- I always knew one day we would unfortunately have to report that Scott Howell had died. I just assumed that it would be because his demons had returned. I certainly never thought it would be that he slipped and fell, broke his hip, laid there, agonizing pain for a couple days, gets taken to the hospital, gets three heart attacks and dies. I mean, it was just like for a guy who overcame so much. And like Doug said, it was his own doing, but he still overcame a lot of his demons and had PTSD and a lot of other things for him to die the way he did is so sad. And he, he was one of the big stars of the nineties and he, you know, he will forever be part of the childhood that I enjoyed of Sean and razor and that ladder match and setting that standard. And, and he's also the NWO. Like when I think of WCW and that invasion, he's the guy who, who started it. He's the one who jumped the barricade and is, it's so sad that he's gone because he really did feel larger than life. And that dude just, dripped charisma and oozed machismo and he will be missed so mine is a little bit different this is not someone that you would think in the ring but he's one of the few people i think in wrestling if you talked about his position kind of the way that we talk about sports he's kind of the undeniable goat um you know we can all disagree on best wrestler if we talk about best match there's a debate. If I said who's the best color commentator, I don't think there's a discussion. I think every single person will tell you it's Bobby the Brain Heenan because he was the standard that everybody has tried to replicate. You will never, and I have not heard anyone who really understood how to be a color commentator and both put over the wrestlers and put over the match and put over the story yet being so entertaining and quippy and just a treat to listen to. You know, uh, it was an evil irony when he lost his voice because you know that was a that was a treasure. He was so good, and him and Gorilla were so good, and I have so many fond memories of listening to him commentate. So, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know, play-by-play guys, we can talk all day about who the best play-by-play guy. I'll argue to the death, nobody's ever been Heenan. There are plenty of people who come close to second, but no one's ever touched Bobby the Brain, and they never will. You know, Hulk Hogan's my second favorite wrestler of all time. Well, who's your first? Uh, all the others are ties. <laughs> he called Hogan being the bad guy for a decade before everyone else. The man was clairvoyant. He knew never to trust Hogan. And you know what? We should have listened to Bobby the Brain for all those years. This WCW would have been fine if we'd have just listened to Bobby the Brain. No, we didn't want to listen to the man called the Brain. He had the, the greatest one-liners, seriously. Like, I don't know if he wrote them down or what, but he was so quick on everything he said. And like Absolutely. Like, and like he had an in-ring career, like he did, you know, uh, and that, you know, was kind of like whatever, but it was like on the mic and in particular in the booth. So like hundred percent agree with you. Um, I remember specifically in the 92 rumble Flair or Flair was in at three Piper comes in, goes after the guy who's fighting Flair. He thanks Piper and corrects the audience that he's not wearing a skirt. He's wearing a kilt, have some respect. And then the moment Piper went after Flair, he screams, you skirt wearing freak. Like he was just so good. And he really, he made you feel, you know, like it was the same way Jr. you know, if you, you listen to the way he called moments where you could tell that he it, it mattered to him, you know, Austin wins the title or Foley goes off the cell. He brought that energy where you felt like you were sitting ringside. Bobby the Brain was that equivalent in color commentator. He was so good and he loved Flynn so much and he hated Hogan so much. And it was just it was a treat. It was really a treat to listen to. I think he made it fun to root for the bad guy because he was, it was always was, fun for Razor Ramon. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> that too. But but just in that aspect that, I mean, b- before it was cool to root for the heel or, or root for that bad guy, Bobby was doing that well before in hand. I mean, he 
definitely enhanced it. And then you knew you were a true bad guy when even Bobby the Brain Heenan wouldn't like you on commentary. So, yes, I, I absolutely agree. He was the best on commentary and one of the best managers to ever happen either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for me, I'm doing a, a slight departure, I would say. Uh, I love history. I love the history of wrestling. I love looking at titles. I love looking at, you know, how things came to be, you know, even the shadiness of it all, because it, it like kind of you can appreciate why we're where we are today. And so, um, you know, I was looking back and I wanted to do research on some of the stuff, too, because like you hear about people's names like Bruno San Martino, which went in in 2020. Uh, I believe uh, it was Andy. He had put him in there. hundred percent deserves to be in definitely deserves, you know, a, a, even a second tier for our Hall of Fame because he's the longest reigning champion. But I've seen one of his matches. You know, they are 30 to 60 minutes long. They are hard to see. Uh, not necessarily a great promo guy, right? And like, so he influenced a lot of people probably in the ring, but not necessarily on the promo. And the guy I want to put in was a guy that was influenced a lot of people on promo. He was very influential in the world of professional wrestling. And that is, he actually is going to be maybe next year for me, but this one is actually going to be the nature boy, Buddy Rogers, first WWWF champion, NWA champion, one of only three people to hold that title. The other being Ric Flair and AJ Styles. Um, I've actually watched some of his matches. It's similar to Ric Flair. I mean, that's what you're expecting, right? It's a 1950s, 1960s style match, but the way that he would talk and get people into the building, get you to hate him. He was influenced by gorgeous George. He was influenced by a lot of other people. And then a lot of people took what he did and put it into their style. So for me, it's, uh, the nature boy, buddy Rogers. Was he the first nature boy or was he even got that from somebody else? Didn't he? Or I think he got that from someone else. I don't think he's the originator of the nature. He, boy. Really? I thought that he I, was. I, I think Rick Flair, Flair was the third nature boy is what I thought. And that he got it from him and who got it from somebody else, but I could be wrong also. I'll take a look, but, um, any objections or thoughts about that? No objections. He's before my time, but I I have heard great things about him. So I certainly think he's Hall of Fame worthy. No question about that. I believe he was around the Luthez era. Like mm -hmm. that's yeah, who yeah. his main rival was. So, you know, he, uh, the fact that Ric Flair kind of got his whole persona from him tells you everything you need to know. So no arguments here. Right. I, I, I would say that I haven't watched many of his matches, but I mean, that alone, if Ric Flair is trying to model you, then that should be a Hall of Fame worthy uh, candidate. Andy, you get to well, close this out. I, 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 I've been debating on which person to put in because the one person is not on our list. Um, but I think because he's not a wrestler, I maybe at some point, but not right now. I want to talk about someone who is a wrestler, but I don't remember him watching him wrestle. He he, 30 year career. Um, very, very well known New Yorker. Um, he, he started his career basically with the old WWWF. And then, um, he basically was, uh, in a way forced to retire. Um, but then he came back and I think this is how we all remember him is that he, and why we still talk, they st wrestlers still talk about him today. He has his own position of all things. And, and of all the things, that's it. He even and the thing is, it's not just in WWE; it's an impact AEW respect. So because of that, I want to bring him in because I think it's time we bring him in. So Gorilla Monsoon, I'm going to bring you in with 
So uh, let's uh, let's have him. I think we should. He should definitely uh, be nominated just because of that. Just because of his great career that he's had over the years. I will say I thought you were going to say the Brooklyn Brooklyn Brawler is who I thought you were going to go with. <laughs> I would say Brooklyn, not New York. That's a, I, yeah. I I know there's a difference. I, I don't want to get like beat up. <laughs> there there are things about his uh, career that people don't talk about necessarily. Like I would say like I I probably wouldn't put him in. Like he'd be much later on my list. I don't have a problem with him going in though. But um he has a lot of stuff that he did during that time that we just, you know, like we don't know about because it happened in the 60s and 70s. He had a very famous fight with Muhammad Ali of all people. Uh you know, they had a yeah, like a series of matches, right? Like where it's like, what? Like, oh, okay. Um, you know, so like there were things they did with that. Um there was uh, Antonio Noki as well. Uh, you know, he had uh, bouts with Killer Kowalski, of course, superstar Billy Graham. There was a lot of folks that he was kind of that second tier of wrestlers that maybe you knew of. You didn't necessarily pay to see, but you knew about them sort of thing. So uh, and like you said, I mean, like actually like legitimately, if we had a warrior award, like we call it something else, of course. But like he'd be some of that would be uh, for that as well, because he had a lot of contributions outside the ring for uh, people that didn't have like homes. Like he helped out like boys during that time that uh, might've been either homeless or they didn't have father figures at home. Like he was actually like a really, he was a saint, like essentially, like he was a really good person. So um, yeah, I don't have a problem with him. I mean, it does feel appropriate that he would go in the same class as Bobby the Brain. So I certainly have no problem with that. And I love the fact they're going in together. By the way, that's coincidence. I, I, but I had Gorilla and I had Bill After as well but i wasn't sure if we should bring him in yet so um more of a historian type but yeah i'm i'm that's 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 hilarious um but yeah i'm i'm yeah so now we have the best you know uh commentating team i think that wwf has ever had well i'll tell you what when i win uh pickums this year uh i think i'll continue the tradition or, or the little run we have here uh mean gene uh, would be that next uh, next level uh, commentator. I mean, he was the background person. He wasn't necessarily on the on the comment. Uh, I guess what would it be called? He was the interviewer like, in ring or backstage interviewer because Howard Finkel was the in ring guy, right? Yeah. Would we call the the one nine hundred number live on air? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a few but times. Just like, think my about brother. all the the classic interviews he had. Yeah, he, he was one of the most amazing stick men there was. And yeah, absolutely. Like he's somebody that, like I, I would have absolutely no problem with as well. So um, but yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I think that this is a, a very solid class that we have right here um, of, of folks going in. I can't wait to actually put in their accomplishments. I went through and I did that for uh, everyone else that we put in thus far. Um, and it's it's interesting, you know, just to kind of see what they were able to do, whether they were uh, much older. And then you see like, oh, they were an AWA champion or they they held the Mid-South wrestling title or, you know, things like that. And see like how important they were for certain things. And for a lot of these uh, older folks like Gorilla Monsoon or Buddy Rogers, uh, you get to take a look at that. And even Bobby Heenan, like I don't know as much about his career prior to that. Obviously, as a, you know, color commentator, you know, he's amazing. But he, you know, he probably held titles as well. So. Um, it'll be interesting to put all that stuff together. Um, I want to. Uh, there's something that you guys uh, that I just found out I didn't know about, but you do know that even that there was a wrestler whose name was given because of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heaton, right? I I didn't. I just found that out. So Santino Santino Marella. That's that's I I had no idea. Um, but yeah. So 
Well, I guess that's all the time we have for this special. If you're into the Twitter, you follow the show at Althamark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast, and I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Caven, Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes, and until next time, we'll see you in the ring.